right, I'm going to welcome all of our campuses to the first of a very short series called Refocus. Come on, let's just welcome all those that are joining us. Baton Rouge to Biloxi. And we're so excited to have each one of you as well, all the men and women each week in the Orleans Justice Center, St. Tammany Parish Jail, and the Hancock County Jail. Come on, can we just welcome all those men and women right now? We love you guys. We're honored to have you with us. What if I told you today that I want to talk to you about the one indispensable quality that's going to differentiate your life in 2022 like never before? What if I told you that? The one quality that's going to make the difference. The reality is, is I want to talk to you about it. And I'll tell you why. In the very beginning of the year, I think it's no better time to talk about the importance of this, by the way, often used, but often misunderstood concept. And the concept is called vision. You hear about it all the time. Vision. What is a vision? By the way, in this message, I'm going to use the word vision, dream, and purpose, all in analogous terms. They're all the same. God's dream, God's purpose, God's will. They're all the same. In other words, it's God's plan for your life. I want to talk to you today about vision. This week I had an opportunity. Uh, it was actually a quiet week and it was fun. And uh, because I woke up in the morning, I had my pad, my pencil and writing down. By the way, I'm old school. I still use like yellow pads and stuff. I know some of y'all are real sophisticated, but I, I write down stuff. And so what I did was, because it was so hot outside, I made my air conditioner real cold so I could put on the fire. Can I have a witness in God's house? You know, it just kind of, of course, I went outside and let the dog out. I'm like, man, it's like a hundred degrees, you know, but inside it was kind of chilly. I had an opportunity to be able to write down again and hear from God and, and spend time praying. And it was a wonderful, wonderful week because I believe that, that God spoke to me afresh. Matter of fact, Wednesday, my wife came, she goes, Steve, you know, what's going on? I said, I'm so excited. She goes, you're always excited. No, I said, I'm really excited. She goes, why? I said, because God this morning re-impressed upon me God's vision for my life, for our family, for the church that we have the privilege of serving. See, vision is, it's, it's, it's indisputable in the sense that it is the difference maker. Vision. What is vision? I'll say it again. I believe it's the most overused and often least understood word in our common vernacular. You hear about it all the time. Those of you in the business world, you hear about it all the time. What is it though? What is vision? There's something I would say almost eternal about a vision. When somebody has a vision, it, it, it lifts them. It doesn't deny what's going on around them. But when somebody really has God's vision in their heart, it, it empowers them. It gives them a, the ability to see what others often aren't seeing. Matter of fact, this month we have the privilege in uh, the United States to celebrate the, <clears throat> of course, the, we commemorate and celebrate the life of Dr. Martin Luther King. We do that as a church every year as well in a few weeks. And, and I always am reminded of that famous speech, I have a dream. He saw something that others didn't see. They may have saw it in part, but what's so powerful, vision has the ability not only for an individual, for a family, for a business, for a church, but also there's a collective synergy that comes when somebody casts vision for a nation. 
Something powerful about vision. It's that quality in the life of a woman or man that, that is involved in any level of leadership, by the way. When, when, you, when you hear somebody cast a vision, it, it captures you in your heart. By the way, every single person I'm talking to, every campus, my question is, what is God's vision for your life? Do you know it? Do you know the dream? Does it cause you to get out of bed in the morning? And does it cause you to make different choices, to reprioritize your life differently? I read a book, really powerful book, a number of years ago. And it was about the Wright brothers. Of course, we know they're very famous for, you know, inventing flying. And there was a lot of people that were trying it back then. By the way, interesting trivia fact, their dad was a Methodist pastor. And they were godly kids and, and they prayed. And they really prayed about it. You ought to read the book. And, and, and they prayed about it and they really felt like God spoke to them. Isn't that powerful? And they had this vision as young kids. They thought, man, we, were, we, we can't wait. One day we're going to learn how to do it. And what's so interesting, they felt like they had God's vision for their life. And they gave their life to it. By the way, they prioritized. They made decisions. They said no to things. They said yes to other things. This is all about a vision. You show me somebody that's got a vision in their heart, I'll show you somebody that has the ability to say no to the non-essential. And say yes to the most important things. Question, what is the vision in your heart? Do you know what it is? Does it beat in your heart? Is it fresh? Today I want to talk to you about what vision is. Number two, what and where vision comes from. And then three, why it's so essential in our lives. I, in college, I became a Christian. And many of you know the story. I was 19. I was a <coughs> freshman at Tulane University. And I, I have a liberal arts degree. And so your junior year... Uh, my dad's an attorney. A lot of you know that. And so my junior, I thought, you know, uh, this is the year. If, you, if you're going to go to law school, you've got to decide. You take your entrance exam, that whole deal. And, I, and it was interesting. I'd been a Christian for a couple years, and I was in Pastor Doug Arman. Many know him from the Little Creek campus and the campus pastor there. And, and I was in his Bible study. And then my, the beginning of my junior year, he said, you need to start your own Bible study. I'm like, man, you know, can I get a little, you know, kind of, can I do the training wheels for another year? He's like, now nah, you got to reach out. And so I started Bible study. What's interesting is, is, is that not only in there, but outside of there, that year I was really praying and seeking God about what God's plan was for my life and God's dream and God's vision. We heard about it all the time in church. And, and I started seeing, this is important. I started seeing internally a mental picture of my future, and I saw myself speaking and leading and pastoring people. Now, you got to understand something. I didn't have that vision as a kid. Like, I was like, that wasn't, that was the farthest thing from my mind. Like, I was, I was a sinner, like all people before Christ, but I was like an extra credit sinner. How many know what I'm talking about? <laughs> like, I, I really was into it, sin, you know. And so I got born again, and all of a sudden, I've got this picture, and, and so I'm trying to grapple with this. What is this? It's vision. What is vision? The common understanding of vision is seeing. But it's not just seeing. It's, it's seeing and then it's also coming into being. It's, 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 it's seeing a picture. A basic definition is a mental picture of a preferable future. That's vision. So question, what do you see for yourself? Vision is what you see yourself becoming, what you see yourself doing, and what you see yourself achieving. 
And by the way, there's a big difference between God's vision and your vision for your life. That's why I tell young people all the time. I'll say, God's dream for your life is better than your dream for your life. It's more satisfying. It's more fulfilling. It's more exhilarating. Why? Because it's God's dream for your life. And when you have a vision, and when you begin to see that vision, it compels you. It causes you, I'm going to say it again, to say no to lesser things and yes to the most important things. And by the way, you don't have to wait till you're like 40, 50, 60, 70. I mean, it's like, get it when you're young. What is God's dream for your life now? It'll, it'll cause you to reprioritize your life. When you see something of the future and you have a picture, Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18 says, where there is no vision, I love this. King James Version says, where there's no vision, the people perish. Another translation says it this way. Where there's no vision, people, watch this, cast off restraint. You ever seen that before? What happens is you show me somebody that doesn't have an intentionality to their life. They don't know where they're going. They don't see a picture. And what, listen, they give themselves to lesser things. But all of a sudden, when you start moving with God's vision for your life, God's dream for your life, you make different decisions. Why? Because you don't want to sell out to a lesser thing because you've given yourself to the greatest thing. You got to see that. You got to see how important this is. That's why this week, man, I'm sitting there, I'm praying. I've got my, you know, it's 80 outside. It's 65 inside. I got my fireplace and God's speaking to me. Why? Because I'm asking, oh God, refresh in my heart, your vision for my life. Question, what is God's vision for your life? This is not just for the preacher, the pastor, the leader of the organization. Everybody should have a vision from God for their life. Vision, dream, purpose, all analogous terms in scripture. There is a big difference between God's vision and man's vision. By the way, I know someone every year I'll, I'll do something on goals and vision. I'm going to talk about that in just a moment, the goals part and how that fits. But, and you'll have some people say, well, you know, pastor, it kind of sounds like a secular, you know, seminar. I mean, like I'm in the business world. And I, you know, well, by the way, anything in the business world that works, they ripped it off from God. They just don't give God credit for it. Just remember that. So just anything in the man, this really works. Well, they got it from God. They don't give credit to God, but it came from God. Principle of vision, goal setting, strategy. It's all in the Bible. But there's a big difference between God's vision and your vision. The issue is origination. Matter of fact, Genesis chapter 15. I love the story of Abraham, Father Abraham. Remember we sang that if you went to... Sunday school as a kid or vacation Bible school, Father Abraham. Remember, Father Abraham. We're just seeing who went to vacation Bible school as a kid. Watch this. Abraham wasn't always Abraham. His name was Abram. And one day, everything changed. Why? Because of a vision from God. Genesis chapter 15. Here's what the Bible says. By the way, Genesis 12, God gives it to him. But I'm going to get real clear. Question. I'm asking everybody. I'm leaning in. What is God's vision for your life? Watch this from Abram. Genesis chapter 15. After these things, the word of the Lord. I'm talking about where does it come from? After this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a what? Come on, say it out loud. Vision. God will speak. One of the characteristics of a... Acts 2, a New Testament believer. 
The Bible says in the last days, what did, what did, what, on the, the day of Pentecost, Peter stood up. He says, in the last days, God said, I'm going to pour out my spirit. Here's what he says. He says, your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. The point is, is that dreams and visions, it's part of the New Testament believer. And all the, in the same way, God was speaking to men of old in the Old Testament. And women, watch this. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision saying, do not be afraid, Abram. I'll be your shield. I'll be your exceeding great reward. Then he brought him outside. He said, look up, look up toward the heaven. Count the stars if you're not able to number them. And he said, so shall your descendants be. Yeah. Abram's walking with God and God taps him on the shoulder and says, come outside. And God begins to speak to him in a vision. Yeah. Question. What is God's vision for your life? That's not just for the preacher. What is God? God wants to speak to you. God wants to speak to you about your personally. God wants to speak to you about your family. God wants to speak to you. Those of you that are in business, God wants to speak to you about, God has a vision for you professionally. God has a vision for this church. I believe that if it's he who has an ear, let him hear what? Whatever the spirit is saying. God will speak and God will give us vision for whatever we're involved in. Question is, does it start in God's heart? God wants it to start there. That's where it starts. That's where Good vision, or does it just start in our heart? What we just think out of our brain. If we seek God, God will speak to us in his vision for our lives. Man, I, I don't want to walk in my dream for my life. I want to walk in God's dream. You know, I love the story of Chuck Colson. Many of you have heard the story. He was a young lawyer, actually legal counsel to Richard Nixon. And of course, he, he committed a crime. He was involved in the whole Watergate and all that. And so he went to prison went to prison for seven months. And while he was there, he got born again. Matter of fact, he wrote a book called Born Again. What does it mean to be born again? We're all born once from our mother's womb, from water, but then we're born from above when we surrender our hearts to Christ. He was born again. But not only was he born again, while he was in prison, God began to speak to him. And God began to breathe this vision in his heart about, because he was so impacted by Christ in prison, he began to think, and God began to breathe upon him, Chuck, I've got a, an assignment and a dream and a vision for your life, and I now want you, watch us, to start ministries in prison. Largest prison ministry in the world, it's called Prison Fellowship. It was started by God in the heart of a man, watch this, came from God, God put it in the heart of an individual, and now it's the largest prison ministry in the world. Millions of people have given their hearts to Christ. Why? Because one man was obedient to what God said to do. How many are grateful that God will speak to us and put a dream in our heart? <clears throat> Maybe that's where you are today. Say, Pastor, I need a dream. I need a vision. Well, talk to God about it. God will speak to you. Maybe the dream is to go back to school. Maybe... As a single person, maybe you've gone through some tough times and your life has, you know, been busted up and God's saying, hey, listen, I want you to go do this or go do that. In other words, God will speak to anybody wherever you are under any circumstances. Whether you're known, whether you're unknown, it's irrelevant. God wants to speak to you. You show me somebody that has a vision from God and I'll show you somebody that sees clearly. You show me somebody that doesn't and I'll show you somebody that's just living in a fog. But somebody's got a, a dream and a vision from God. There's an intentionality. There's a focus. Not a perfect life. By the way, it causes you to navigate life. It causes you to go through adversity differently. 
It's the one indisputable, the one quality that differentiates. Let me give you two things about vision. Number one, benefits of possessing vision. Number one, vision provides purpose and direction for your life. That's what we need at the beginning of the year, right? That's what we need. So many people are what I would consider, and I say this respectfully, purposeless in life. They're just going through life. They're taking up airspace. They're just kind of going through the motions. But you show me somebody that all of a sudden is captured by God's dream. They're captured by God's vision in their heart. They live differently. Why? Because they have intentionality. By the way, that was Paul the Apostle. Paul the Apostle was going one way. Matter of fact, in Acts chapter 9, you can read the account. He was a persecutor of the young infant church. The Bible says he had letters in his hand. He was going to Syria. Damascus is in Syria today. To what? To throw Christians in jail. He was persecuting the church. He thought he was doing something right. But actually, he was not walking God's plan for his life. And the Bible says all of a sudden, he's on the road to Damascus. This is St. Paul. Paul, he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. This is a big deal. How did it start? I'll tell you how it started. He was knocked to the ground, and Jesus appears to him, and Jesus speaks to him. What does he do? He gives him a vision. Everybody say vision. A vision. By the way, you don't have to have Jesus appear to you, but you do have to be in prayer and let the Holy Spirit speak to you. And he has a vision from God. One day, he's before King Agrippa, who's the Judean king, right prior to him appealing to Caesar to go to Rome. And what does he tell King Agrippa? Acts chapter 26, verse 19. I'm talking about vision gives you purpose and direction for your life. He says, therefore, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the what? The heavenly what? Come on, say it out loud. Vision. What did he say? God raised him up to be an apostle, to preach the gospel. He preached to the Jew and the Gentile. He had a vision from God. It wasn't his vision. It didn't start in Paul's heart. It started in the heart of God. Question, do you have a vision from God? The moment you get a vision from God, Listen, I was 20 years old. It doesn't mean that my life's been perfect. Let me tell you, I've gone through all kinds of stuff, personally, professionally. But let me tell you, but the difference is, is that at 20, God put a vision in my heart. God will put a vision in your heart. God will put a dream in your heart. And when you have that, it provides purpose and direction. I um, love the story of the great missionary, Reinhard Bunke. He and his wife, Anna, they were Germans, and they had a, a heart to go to Africa, Lesotho. They were in Africa, and, and they were there for five years. 1969, they showed up. And they didn't have the fruit that they thought. They were not making the impact that they intended when they first went there. And when they got there, after five years, they were pretty discouraged. And they were about to pack their bags and go back to Germany. And there was a success. You can read about this in his autobiography. But there was like a succession of... of, of, of of like 30 nights in a row where he would have this dream and God would speak to him and there was this vision. And in the vision, we're talking about a missionary that feels defeated. All of a sudden in this vision, he sees the continent of Africa and he sees the continent of Africa, watch this, washed in the blood of Christ. And he'd wake up in the morning and he kept saying, he says, Anna, I see a blood-washed Africa. 
And every night he would have that dream. And during the day, he would see a vision of Africa saved. All of a sudden, faith started coming. And now where he was going to go back, now he had a focus and intentionality because God was putting a vision in his heart. When you have a dream and a vision from God, it produces a focus in your life. How many are grateful that God will speak to us in our hearts? Hey, young people, young, don't wait. Don't wait. Don't wait till your life is beat up and bruised up. Get a dream now for your life. Get a dream in your heart now when you're a teenager. Get a vision from God of God. What is a vision of what God wants you to be, do, and achieve with your life? Man, I'm fired up about this. You don't have to wait, but you can hear from God. I thank God I was 20 years old. I thank God. I thank God that I'm not a lawyer. At least I'm going to heaven. No, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. I'm joking. You know I'm teasing. My dad's going to heaven, I think. All right, here we go. All right, here we go. By the way, my dad's an attorney. My brother-in-law's an attorney. Everybody's an attorney. I'm, I'm serious. They're like everywhere. We're real careful what we say at Christmas time, you know. Number two, here we go, here we go. Vision stirs passion and energy. It provides direction and focus, but it also stirs passion. It breeds excitement and fire. You know, I'm 53 years old. I've been pastoring a church for 22 years. I've been in the ministry nearly 30 years. I'm excited about serving God, but I'm excited about not only being a Christian, but I'm excited about vocationally what God's allowed me the privilege to do. Because it's God's dream. It's God's thing. And I'm going to say, it gets me up in the morning. You know, there's often been misunderstanding about in the Gospels when Jesus, and you see it in the movies where you'll see Jesus, you know, he walks into the temple and he just starts turning over money, you know, the tables and the money changers. It's actually not the biblical account. In John chapter 2, it gives us the clear biblical account. Jesus was called, watch this, he was called with an assignment. Watch John chapter two. I'm gonna show you what vision does. Vision constrains and it focuses passion. John chapter two, verse 13. Now the Passover, the Jews was at hand and Jesus went to Jerusalem and he found in the temple those who sold oxen and sheep and doves and the money changers doing business. Watch this, verse 15. And when he had made a whip of cords. You know how long it takes to make a whip of cords? He didn't just walk into the temple and just start throwing. He, he sat, watch this. He knelt down and he was intentional. And he made this whip of cords. What is that? Let me tell you. He had focused passion. This took time. He thought about what he was going to do. He thought about what God had called him to do. Watch this. And when he had made a whip of cords, he drove them all out of the temple, the money changers with the sheep and the oxen and poured out the changes money and overturned the tables. And he said to those who sold up, take these things away. Do not make my father's house a house of merchandise. Then his disciples remembered that it was written zeal. That's passion. The word zeal in the New Testament, it's where we get the word passion, fire. Zeal for your houses. Eat me up. By the way, when you have a dream from God, it, it, listen, you have a dream from God and then that dream has you. It's, it's, it's interchange. It, it, it captures you. That's why I tell young people. That's why I love for 10 years. I spoke to teenagers and college kids and I said, man, don't wait, don't wait, don't wait, don't wait, don't wait, don't wait. 
God will give you as a young person a dream to start a great business, to go back to medical breakthrough, to be an inventor, do whatever it is. Don't wait, don't wait, don't wait, don't wait. And by the way, if you're 70, 80 or whatever, God will, God will still speak to you. God will still give you a dream and a vision for your life. There was a fire inside the heart of Christ. At 19 years old, when I came to Christ, two years later, I, I, I had that dream and that dream was so strong in my heart. And by the way, it caused me to make different decisions. It caused me to reprioritize. When you have a dream from God, I want everybody to hear me. It'll cause you to reprioritize your life. It'll cause you to, it'll cause you to keep the main thing the main thing. Now, I want to close with this. A lot of confusion about dreams, vision. I'm using dreams, vision, purpose. Let's just use the word vision. There's a lot of confusion about vision and goals. A goal is not a vision and a vision is not a goal. Pastor Steve, what is vision? Vision is the macro picture of your life of what God wants you to be, do, and achieve. Watch this. Don't miss this. It's a big picture. It's big. The big overarching vision for your life. Goals are the micro. It's the stair steps to accomplish the dream. Big picture, small. What is this? It's, this is the vision for my life. For example, God's called me to be a pastor. Big picture. All right, here it is. Small goals. I need to finish college. I'm going to seminary. I'm going to work for a church. Does that make sense? The goal is not the vision. The vision is not the goal. A lot of times when people let go of their goals, it's because their goals are not fueled by the bigger vision that God has for their life. You got to see how they're interchangeable. Man, I got a lot to say. I don't know if y'all can handle it today. I, I've only got, I, can, can y'all, y'all, can I get seven more minutes? Seven more? I need seven minutes. All right, here we go. So that little clock start beeping at me and people are like, you're over time. I'm like, I'm buying that clock in Jesus' name. I, I just, I've got more to say. Okay, listen. Everybody say vision. Everybody say goals. The reason why people run out of energy with goals is because it's not tied into the bigger vision. You got to see this. Big picture, micro, macro, micro. All right? All right, here it is. Let me give you two things about goals and I'm just wetting your appetite and then, and, then, and then you can launch more into this. And by the way, by the way, the reason why people lose focus with their vision, goals help you to refocus vision. It helps you to stay on track. Let me give you two things. What are goals? Goals are the stair steps to the fulfillment of your vision. That's why you need to hear from God, get the big picture. Then you start writing down goals. Jeremiah chapter 31, 21, set, your, set up signposts, make landmarks, and set your heart towards the highway. The children of Israel were being delivered from captivity, not from bondage in Egypt, but they're from captivity, the Babylonians, and they're going back to their homeland. And God said, set up road markers. By the way, those of you that are in South Louisiana, we have that long bridge, right? That connects the North Shore and the South Shore. It's called the what? Say it, the causeway. The causeway, the, mo, the, the mile markers on the car, those are, it's, those are like goals. It's not the vision, but it's to say, keep going. You're going in the right direction. Keep going. Keep going. That, that's what they are. That's what goals are. That's why they got to be attached. Let me give you two things about goals. By the way, it's so important to have goals. Goals attached. Big picture, small picture. Stair steps to the bigger picture. Let me give you two things about goals and then we'll close. Number one. How do we set goals? Number one, we got to put them goals in writing. 
I've got books and notebooks. So this week, what I did is I opened up my book. I've got a, what's called a life plan. And, I've got, and I'm going to show you my categories in a second. And so you got to write them down. I know the big picture that God has for my life, for my family, what God's called me to be, what God's called us to achieve together, my wife and I. I understand that. By the way, that's important. Husbands, husbands and wives, if you're married, you got to talk about this together as well. Because you have personal, but you also have corporate goals, right? Number one, put them in writing. Habakkuk chapter two, verse two, write the vision. Everybody say, write the vision. Write the vision, make it plain on tablets that he or she may run who reads it. So number one, you have a vision from God. God speaks to you. Number two, now you have goals attached to that vision. What are the stair steps to accomplish that? I've got to write down the goals. I've got to start writing them down. By the way, not only write them down, review them. Goals are accountability. It holds you accountable. You're reminded of the goals. You show me some of the Harvard study. You guys have all heard that famous Harvard study. In 1979, there were MBA graduates that related to goal setting. They did this study. 84% of the entire class had no goals at all. Listen to this. The MBA graduates, 1979. 13% of the class had set written goals but no concrete plans. 3% of the class had both written goals and concrete plans. The result, 10 years later, 13% of the class had set written goals but had not created plans, were making twice as much as the 84% of the class that had no set of goals. However, the kicker is the 3% of the class that had both written goals and a plan were making 10 times as much as the rest of the 90%, 97%. Don't tell me that writing goals down and review them doesn't make sense. It's powerful. It's powerful. Everybody say vision. Everybody say goals. I want to encourage you. What is the vision and dream that God has for your life? What are the goals attached to that? Are they written down? I'll give you this last thing. I'll close. Set goals for different areas of your life. Proverbs 16, 3, commit to the Lord, whatever you do, and he will establish your plan. I've got five categories of goals that I have down, and they're all attached to the bigger vision. Number one, faith goals. For example, here's a faith goal for me this year, okay? I'm going to read my Bible and pray 30 minutes, uh, uh, an hour a day as a devotional time. That's my goal. I don't do it seven days a week. Why? Because when I go hunting, God says, don't worry about it. I'm tired too. I'm just seeing if you're awake. awake, Okay, come on. Jeez, I'm just teasing. So, So what is your faith goals? Maybe it's to share Christ with one person a month. I don't know what it is. So everybody say faith. Okay, now watch this. I have family goals. You should have, what are your family goals? Maybe it's a date night a week. Come on, ladies. Maybe it's taking your, your, your wife out to, to lunch or to dinner. Okay, so I have faith goals. I have family goals. I have fitness goals. What are my fitness goals? I have a certain amount of days that I want to be able to work out of weight. I have financial goals, how much I want to save, how much I want to give. So it's, it's faith goals. It's family goals. It's fitness goals. All right, it's financial goals. And then I have what's called professional goals. Professional goals. I couldn't find an F for it. I'm a pastor, right? You got to have all the professional goals. Do you know that I have professional goals as a, as, as a pastor, as a minister? I had a professional goal to educational goals and different things that I want to accomplish at different seasons of my life. By the way, there's short-term, mid-term, and long-term. That's a whole nother talk. But point is, there's professional goals. We get together as a lead team and we talk about what do we believe that God wants to do for Church of the King? How many campuses? And, and what about growth? And all? So, so it's faith goals. That's personal, Right? Family goals, that's personal. Fitness goals, that's personal. 
Financial goals, that's personal. Professional, that's corporate. I have professional goals. And in those goals, I talk about in my accountability circle. We talk about it. We pray about it. Here's what I know, and I'll close with this. I've got so much to say. I've got to just finish this message. I believe with all of my heart that God wants to quicken in your heart a dream for your life. I want everybody to hear me at every campus. A vision. God has a plan for your life. But you're not going to get it just, just, just thinking about yourself. It's in prayer God speaks to you. And God begins to quicken. And God will give you a mental picture of a preferable future. Remember, there's a difference between, watch this, man's goals or man's vision and God's vision. Abram had God's vision. Paul had God's vision. Mary had God's vision. We need God's vision. Everybody say God's vision. But when you get God's vision, then God, watch this, and you begin to walk in it, then God gives you goals. Goals are their stair steps to the fulfillment, and there's categories attached. I want to encourage you as your pastor. Two things this year. Read your Bible through one. Read your Bible through this year. That ought to be one of everybody's faith goal. Everybody had to read your Bible. And number two, get those goals, those different categories, attach them to vision. And I'm telling you, your life will look different at the end of 2022. How many of y'all believe in for a big year? Come on. Y'all believe for it? Let me pray for it. Campus pastors, come on stage. All of our campus pastors can come on stage. <clears throat> You don't want to miss next week. I'm going to talk about vision and I'm going to talk about how it relates in your family. Those of you that lead any business organization, I'm going to talk about corporate goals and how vision and all that interfaces and even with our church. So, Father, I thank you for what you're doing in our hearts. Lord, I'm asking that you'd breathe upon us afresh. Holy Spirit of God, breathe your vision, breathe your dream upon our lives this day. God, we pray in Jesus' name. Everybody set? Wow, what an incredible message. And hey, if you are making the decision right now to give your life to Jesus, we are celebrating with you. We're so excited for this new life because we know that this is the best decision you could ever make. Yes, this is gonna be such an incredible journey for you. We are so excited for you. And if you have any questions whatsoever on what it means to follow Jesus, or if you have prayer requests, please let us know in the chat room right now, or you could text the word decision to the number 822-822 and a password love to connect and hear more of your story. And hey, in just a few short weeks, we are gonna be kicking off our Hope Again series on January 15th and 16th. So I wanna encourage you right now to begin praying and asking God who he would have you invite along on this Hope Again journey because we know that God is going to do so much and we can't wait. Well, guys, that concludes our service for today. We are so excited and thankful that you joined us today. Well, we'll see you here same time, same place next week. You guys have an amazing day.